Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. On this week's edition of Desperate Theology, there's something Presbyterians and Prince have in common. And some undisclosed listeners have asked our hosts for a clarification on their complementarian views. It's perhaps the longest on-air dispute between our hosts, and it's a shame you can't see the punches. Well, we have a special treat for you again today because we are, once again, visiting the wonderful world of desperate theologizing. And Carl, I believe that you found something that truly exemplifies desperate theologizing. Yes, it actually came to me as a word of knowledge. I was uh, I was fast asleep last night. Suddenly, you know, being worried during the day, what are we going to do for desperate theologizing? The world seemed to become rather sane over the last couple of weeks. I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning, and there was a voice inside my head mm. saying, when you get up tomorrow morning, you need to Google Prince Theology. Yes. <laughs> so I typed Prince and Theology in, and it took me to a website, Presbyterian Reflections mm. on the Death of Prince. Two of my most favorite things, <laughs> Presbyterianism and Prince, in one sentence. Uh, it's written by a, a man called Richard Lindsay. Uh, Richard Lindsay, I'll give you a little bit of his background. It says on his, uh, on his bio that he's co-editor of poptheology.com, oh, recently competed his PhD in art and religion at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California. Presumably he's therefore unemployable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> focusing on the intersections of, get this, theology, film, cultural studies, and sexuality and gender. Mm. Fantastic. Oh, man. He will be a rich source. The title of his dissertation, and this is where it gets really promising for desperate theologizing, The Camp and the Kerugma. (laughs) Queer readings of Hollywood biblical epic. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. Wow, that's good. Anyway, he's clearly a Presbyterian. Well, maybe not so clearly a Presbyterian, but he claims to be a Presbyterian. And as is the way, uh, people seem shocked by the fact that, you know, celebrities die. Pretty stunning. Mm. And he's written a theological reflection on the greatness of Prince. I'll just give you a few highlights. Strange things happen at summer camp, even Christian summer camp, away from parents, out in the woods, under the supervision of mildly responsible college students. It was at my summer camp in 1985 that I first heard the music of Prince. There in the meadow shelter at Camp Wildwood, the picnic tables had been pushed aside for the talent show. Some of the performers were doing lip sync. The highlight of the show, measured by applause, was a skinny white kid with his hair slicked back, mouthing the words to Dove's Cry. I've not heard of any of that stuff, by the way. This was how simultaneously mainstream and dangerous Prince was. His music was so catchy, it had Presbyterian kids deep in the woods of Ohio, gyrating and swerving like they were part of some occult ritual. Sounds like Presbyterian kids at Todd's church every Sunday during the worship service. It started us on a path that, if followed to its logical end, would lead to flamboyance, androgyny, and incessant but nebulous sexuality. We might actually add to that, and dissertations on queer readings of Hollywood biblical epics. It led to that. Um, but of course, he also points to uh, Prince's major contribution to uh, linguistic philosophy. Prince, we are told, introduced us to semiotics mm. with his unpronounceable symbol name long before emojis. 
hate to say this, Richard, but I have a feeling that if you look at the history of that, legal action may have lay behind that one, not so much a commitment to (laughs) semiotics. Anyway, according to a tooth, this is how the article ends. According to a 2008 article in The New Yorker, Prince would actually go door knocking with Jehovah's Witnesses in neighborhoods around his mansion in L.A. Imagine Prince coming to your door, (laughs) handing you a Watchtower magazine and asking you to come down to the local Kingdom Hall. I have to say that's almost as terrifying as the thought of Rosaria Butterfield singing psalms on my front lawn. (laughs) I think, he says, if he had asked me, I would have joined. Presbyterian of real conviction. So, (laughs) Richard Lindsay, Presbyterian theologian, uh, sucker for popular culture, semiotist, and queer theorist. You are this week's Desperate theologizing. So what are we actually going to talk about today for our bully Oh, Prince, puppet? I think. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Prince <laughs> and Paul and Oates. It, I, I think Paul was the front man, Oates was the evil genius. Yeah, it's yeah. clear for all to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that Daryl Hall was just an empty shell of a man, and it was... Uh, it was oats. I think you need to write your own Pulling DT piece on that. Uh-huh. You know? Any yeah. man with that perm hair and that moustache, <laughs> that's evil. That's e- even in the 80s, that was evil. Even in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're actually going to do today is offer some further reflections on complementarianism. Mm. We rarely ever write or speak about this topic. And uh, when we do, we never stir up any forms of no. controversy or, as you would say, controversy. Controversy, yes, yes. So, We've uh, received no hate mail. And no so if you don't mail. have anything to do after yep. this, you may want to send us some hate mail. Yeah. A number of aspiring top men, I think, have uh, chipped in on this Absolutely. One. Uh, not yeah. the top top men, but the no. aspiring top men, who yes. are always the, the most dangerous. <laughs> now, one of the things that caused uh, a bit of a, of a howl of protest was, uh, I think, my comment and Amy's comment that we didn't really have any objection to women teaching in Sunday school at church. So we right. thought we would explore that, given the fact that our brother here, Todd Pruitt, <laughs> objects to that. So right. we thought we'd give Todd a chance to explain sure. his objections to women teaching in Sunday school. Well, I shouldn't have to explain the biblical um, uh, category for this. You all should have to explain the uh, uh, your your unorthodox. Oh, I uh, think position. you're going to have to offer some explanations. Talk, but I would but be happy. On. I would be happy to explain um, my my conviction on this. Now, it comes down to the fact that um, uh, even in a Sunday school class, I hope that what's being what is happening is exhortation from the Word, which is a position of of, of spiritual authority. And so therefore, if it's a class where there are men, then my understanding of the New Testament is that that instruction, that place of authority of spiritual oversight needs to be occupied by a man. I, I, to me, I, I do not understand the separation you make 
between, I mean, on the one hand, I understand the separation between what happens in the gathered corporate worship service and what happens in a Sunday school class. I understand those are two different things. What I don't understand is how teaching the Bible in a Sunday school class is not exhortation and a position of spiritual authority. What if it was our friend, I mean, to ask the exact same question as Mm -hmm. I asked last time we talked about this, our friend Nancy Guthrie. Right. Teaching on a Saturday evening. Uh-huh. Would you allow men from your congregation to attend that? Yeah, yeah. Why? Exhorting is it, is it? the word of God? <laughs> yeah, it, oh, I got does. one more question. One uh-huh. more question. Oh, he wants, me, he wants me to answer this. I know. Oh, it's related. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is related. For the related question. So, like, the ninja move. A couple uh-huh. weeks ago, you had Rosaria Butterfield mm-hmm. at your church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were very excited about that. Had some yeah. pictures on Facebook. Yep. Saw her standing behind your pulpit there to a mixed audience. I hope she wasn't exhausted. It's not really a pulpit. It's a music stand. In the sanctuary. Because mm-hmm. we had to have the space. So many people came. So how is that not sending a message of a woman exhorting the word of God behind a pulpit mm-hmm. in a sanctuary yeah. well, whereas somebody in a Sunday yeah. school well, classroom? She, for, for one thing, she wasn't preaching the word and she wasn't teaching the Bible. Now, she was, she was giving an address that used obviously Christian categories, biblical categories, that kind of thing. But I, you know, she uh, she certainly wasn't doing anything that I would call so would preaching. Nor would she agree to do that. But so we're not preaching in Sunday schools. No, yeah, I mean, Sunday not, school is not preaching. So no, if Sunday school isn't not. preaching, why isn't a woman teaching at Sunday school? Okay, so like like you understand a difference between the. Uh, gathered worship service and a Sunday school class, I, I see a difference between uh, what's happening on the Lord's Day and what might be happening in a, in a seminar uh, on, a, on a Saturday. So it's the sanctuary. Sunday that's the key thing. There, that, that, that's certainly part of it. Okay. That's certainly part of it. Part of it or all of it? I'm not sure. But it's if it's only part, part of it, it, I'd like to know what the other part of it is. Mm, I'm going to keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're being kind of snotty. <laughs> Listeners, we can see beads of sweat starting to break out on this man's forehead. Not at I all. Wonder. Not at all. I feel very comfortable so with So you're position. okay. Are you okay with a woman teaching from God's word if men are around and it's not a Sunday? Mm-hmm. I wonder oh. with Priscilla and Aquila if that happened on a Sunday. I don't know. I wasn't there. Or... Oh, or, or or were you asking that facetiously? I was asking Amy, that facetiously because I couldn't Todd. I couldn't pick that up. But you see, the issue for me then is is the text that you would go to is the text in Timothy uh-huh. on this. Timothy makes no reference right. to days of the week. Mm-hmm. No, right. So if you apply Timothy, so why do you allow it at all? Well, because I see Tim, Timothy really is referring to gathered worship of the of the church. If you're not going to apply Timothy to the gathered worship of the church, but you're going to say it applies more generally, then I think it applies to a Saturday as well. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. We're in a conundrum here. <laughs> well, an yeah. enigma wrapped in an a conundrum. Enigma. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, um, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't any difficulties here. And I would say that, that you still have to wrestle through difficulties with your position. Don't you think? Don't you think that you have to wrestle with, with difficulties in saying that, that there is something categorically different from preaching and then exhortation from the word on a Sunday morning in a Sunday school class. Do you see that as being so different that it that it changes yeah, the entire... Yeah, I mean, entire... one speaking with the authority of God and a means of grace that is promised to give us Christ and all mm-hmm. his blessings mm-hmm. and ordain authoritative position. Mm-hmm. The other one is usually not even a one-way um, speaking. It's usually a dialogical... Mm. Happening much more casual. Church members aren't that's the case made sometimes, to go. but not all the time. Certainly not in a lot of the classes that are at my church. You know, I'm, I'm teaching a Sunday school class right now 
uh, through through the book of Colossians, and it's exhortation from the Word, and it's a position of spiritual authority. There's no so would you have a lay man it. teach that class? Um, a qualified um, uh, layman, yeah. So it's okay for you to have a layman uh-huh. preach Sunday school. Well, I, I, again, I don't call it preach Sunday school. But that's what you're saying is no. makes the difference of no. why a woman can't do it. No. I am saying that it, there is still a level What's of What's spir- the difference then? Now, Amy, are you going to get the Please weapons out here? Please explain to me, Go and fetch some I, coffee. I, yeah. I really go, need go, to go understand well, no, I'm a man. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I see um, teaching the Bible in a Sunday school class. I don't, I don't think it's that complicated what I'm saying. I'm saying that teaching the, uh, the Bible in a Sunday school class is um, exhortation and it involves spiritual authority. Who's that, spiritual that's, authority? That's, that's I mean, because if, if I were to teach a Sunday school class, I would think if anybody were to teach a Sunday school class, they would be submitting that to the elders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a, any other sure. church event type yeah. deal. Whereas I would see them having the spiritual authority. I'm not sure. Oh, well, now, now I'm not sure I'm following you. Well, I mean, I don't see teaching a Sunday school class. Like if I'm attending a Sunday school class, if it's my pastor... That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Or if only the elders were um, the ones called to teach the Sunday school in that church, that would be another thing. Mm-hmm. I would look at that authoritatively different, I think. But if I am at a Sunday school class taught by any lay person in the church, I'm thinking that they're teaching under the authority of the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that's where yep. I'm seeing the authority from. I'm not seeing it in their words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, again, that that's fine. I understand that that's the, that, that's the way... You, you see it. I understand that. Um, I, I just i I have a hard time. I mean, because in that in that case, like somebody could attend your Sunday school class or that lay person, lay man's mm-hmm. Sunday school class on First Thessalonians, let's say, and say, "What well, got the exhorted word of God? I don't need to stick around for the sermon or the worship oh, service. No, time I, to, I can go now." No, I would. I would. That would. Well, I, you'd have a hard time justifying that in our church. For one thing, I mean that that you you'd have to attend very little. But it's to ever the have authoritative word. Well, sure it is. In I mean, school. it's still the word of God. Would you have a problem with a woman teaching Sunday school, let's say, as we did recently on principles of Bible translation? Is that a, would that be a problem? Because it's not exhorting from the word. Yeah. It's no. principles no. of Bible translation. Yeah. Would you have a problem with a woman leading what is effectively a discussion Bible study on a Sunday morning? Would that um, be a more I, difficult I, case? I, I'm not asking this yeah. in a hostile way, but I'm genuinely interested. Yeah, um, I, I'd need to think through that. Um, and that's what I was talking about. And. Mm. But I expressed it so much more clearly. Well, yes. What the yeah, heck? I, I, I understood what he was saying. I understood what he was saying, though. Uh, you're a woman. No, He's, I, he, he just shut off when yeah, you speak. That's exactly I, what I was saying. Well, no, no, no. Um, I, again, I, I, we may be talking about different. I mean, I think part of it is we have some differing definitions here. I mean, um, a lot of the Sunday school teaching that goes on in the church where I serve is, is instruction and exhortation from the Word. It, it doesn't sound or look exactly like a sermon. We, don't, we wouldn't call it a sermon. Um, but it has many of the hallmarks of spiritual authority along with it. And so, therefore, principially, I believe that um, I think we have Paul's a bigger question. Timothy apply, is what apply is Sunday to school? That. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the big question, then, is what is Sunday school? I think that's yeah. – and, and so, therefore, that – yeah, I think that has a lot to do I think with that's it. That's the question that we're debating more than the woman and I would, thing. Mm-hmm. I would sort of bring that back to the question of ordination. Then, mm-hmm. uh, I my instincts are very much in in the direction of saying that a, a woman can do anything that a non-ordained man 
can do. With one or two, you know, at, at the edges, it gets it gets to be a bit of a judgment call at points. So, for example, in my church, we allow non-ordained men who are thinking of the ministry to lead in worship on a Sunday morning in order to see if they have a gift for leading in worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me a nonsense to license somebody to preach the word prior to allowing them to actually preach the word at some point to see if you've got a gift. So there are certain things in our congregation that we would allow a non-ordained man to do who's going forward for the ministry that we would never allow a non-ordained woman to do. Or but on the whole, groups. yeah, on the whole, as a, as a 99 times out of 100 rule of thumb, uh, focusing on ordination as the issue relative to to public teaching. Well, so for us, Sunday school is qualitatively different because it is something that we routinely allow non-ordained people right. to teach in. Right. So our our adult Sunday school classes, um, we we typically have around three or four of them in a church of nine hundred. So we don't have a small room where you sit in a circle okay, and, so and, and kind of do, yeah, do discussion. This is, it is it is and and it's not just simply a classroom lecture. I mean, we we don't we don't approach the Bible on Sundays as a well. Let's just transfer some information here. It is it has an inescapable um, exhortation. And so my question to to both mm-hmm. of you then would be: Let's say Amy at your church um, is at, at your church would a would a woman be allowed, for instance, to teach a Sunday morning class on Galatians? I believe so. Yes. To, I mean, and, and two men. To a mixed. Okay, okay. Um, Carl, but we oh. have small groups, and in our like small groups, they only have elders teach the small groups, mm-hmm. or and this doesn't even have to be on a Sunday, mm-hmm. or um, people who are considering being elders mm-hmm. or maybe on that track, like kind of what mm-hmm. Carl was just talking about with, with preaching. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it would be... In that my seems, church, a woman yeah. could teach in Sunday school, but not so much mm-hmm. those specific yeah. so small groups. That, so to me, that sounds inconsistent. Well, it's because it's related to the office, the ordained office they have. That's a, a, a job they're teaching. for. They want the teaching elders right. to do. Okay. Okay, that still seems odd, but... That's fine. For me to answer that question, I would say, well, first of all, it's, a, it's something of a hypothetical question for mm-hmm. us. I should say, we've only ever had, in my time, one woman teach Sunday school, and she taught on the history and principles okay. of Bible translation. It doesn't really apply to this. Uh, my, my second point would be, I would want that, I myself would have no principal objection to a woman teaching a course on Galatians, depending on the form. If it was a question of her standing up the front and declaiming in a way that looked like preaching, mm-hmm. then I would I would raise questions, not because I would necessarily object to it myself, but because I think it could confuse people in right. the congregation. The other side of it is any request or any suggestion to teach in Sunday school would have to go through the session. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what my session would decide on that. I'm only one voice on the session. If somebody came forward and said, we'd like X to teach on Y, what do you think? I might agree, but I'm a Presbyterian. And I submit to mm-hmm. the the will of my presbytery, uh, the will of my presbytery, and the will of my session. So I would not do anything that contradicted their opinion or mm-hmm. church law on that matter. So you do not see necessarily, or do you? Um, is is the the teaching of the Bible? You know, we're going to teach Galatians in this yeah. class. You don't on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You don't see that as necessarily an exercise of spiritual admonition. Authority. No more so than I would see, you know, Nancy Guthrie speaking right. to a group on a 
Saturday evening right, and me right. sitting in the con- audience or congregation right. there. And, and um, do you think that That's what I would make a kind of right. okay. difference, I think. Do you okay. think that it's helpful for men to, I don't know, to be in a class where a woman is, is teaching something mm-hmm. sometimes? I mean, to get uh, that perspective oh, of I, how, a, I, how a woman would... Yeah, um, I, I do think that. In fact, that's, that's why... I was very happy with the large number of men that showed up when we had right. Rosaria Butterfield. Um, uh, but I, I think we're looking at Sunday school differently. Is, is uh, that's thing. probably it. Because yeah. when I think of Sunday school, for instance, at the church I serve, and, and you'd know why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a room that has anywhere from 30 to 80 people yeah. in it sitting in rows before somebody behind a lectern mm-hmm. teaching a yeah. book of the Bible. And it really... I mean, it's exhortation from the word. It feels and looks like a position of spiritual oversight, and it's exhortation from the word. Part of it, maybe, at our Sunday school, we typically don't have biblical expositions. Right. They've been thematic studies, And we do a lot of those studies. as well. Right. We do courses on Presbyterianism. Mm-hmm. We've tended to see Sunday school as very, very supplementary right. to the worship service. And so there's never – it seems to me that part of what's driving you, Todd, is a fear that the two might be confused yep. in the mind. It, in practical terms, in my judgment, it's very clear that Sunday school right. isn't a worship service because everything that goes mm-hmm. on there and, is completely yeah, different. And we want to guard Sunday school from being – you know, like we wouldn't allow people to do music in a Sunday school class precisely because we we – we we don't want them to confuse their Sunday school class with, uh, you know, a, a worship service. And that's also why we do topical classes and don't have, you know, this is the class that's been meeting together for 20 years. None of that. Um, and most of our classes are more topically related uh, things. And we have some classes where I wouldn't have a problem with a woman. To, you know, we, 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 we typically have a, a church history Sunday school class going on. Um, and, and various other things, parenting stuff. We, we've had husband and wife team teach, and we'll continue to do that. Um, but I'm I'm thinking primarily in terms of like what I'm doing with Colossians on Sunday mornings during the Sunday school hour. So, well, we hope you found this discussion uh, <laughs> more confusing than last more confusing time. than the last. Please, time. please <laughs> let us know who you think won. Even think though Carl and Amy came at me with weapons, we, guns drawn. We had been planning it for a few days. I forgot my um, boxing gloves. Amy and I had uh-huh. planned the, the ninja pincer yep. action uh, a few <laughs> days ago. But, but just my calm to, demeanor shamed them, and I think they finally began to treat me properly. Just to make sure that all the, the Fox News listeners out there know exactly what we said. Uh, we'd say all three of us are absolutely committed to the idea that the ordained ministry, the ordained eldership is a male-only preserve. Uh, the differences between us, I think, lie on the issue of the status of Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. All three of us agree that, hey, if you know our friend Nancy Guthrie is speaking on a sun- Saturday evening somewhere mm-hmm. and we were available to go and listen to her, we'd be foolish not to go and, sure. and listen. The key area of difference, I think, is on the status of, right. of Sunday school. So as far as I'm concerned, that's not actually a major or substantial issue. No, it's not. Issue. And, and I'm glad you pointed that out because in case any of our friends – um, who've corresponded with us in the past um, want to tag any of us here as uh, um, being feminists. Then, um, oh, yeah. And what is it that you called me before the program? Oh, a feminazi. Feminazi. Uh, yeah, bra yes. burning feminazi. That's, that's yes. what he called me. So, yeah. right, that's how I always right. think of Amy. That's <laughs> you know, like a radical feminist persona. So, anyway, we hope you've uh, enjoyed this discussion. Uh, please uh, go to our website, modificationofspin.org, where 
Quite frankly, I'm so sick of t- writing about complementarianism and various uh-huh. issues. You probably won't find any extra discussion. <laughs> but please go there anyway, just on the off chance. Uh, and we will hopefully be with you again in a week's time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. Whether it's a man or a woman, layperson or teacher, Sunday school or pulpit, we know it's the truth of the Word of God that's the foundation the church stands on. Along these lines, we're offering a message, How the Word Builds the Church, at our website, mortificationofspin.org. We encourage you to head over and listen to it. And while you're there, make sure to visit the Mortification of Spin blog. And come back next week when the gang talks about heaven with Scott McKnight, author of Heaven's Promise. Uh, Martin Luther at a table talk said that heaven is such a great place that we'll be able to say to a stone, turn into an emerald, and it will turn into an emerald one minute later. Uh, Do you think that's a particularly biblical take on heaven? (laughs) I don't know how biblical it is. (laughs) He's getting dreamy on the glory of heaven, and uh, Luther was very good at that sort of waxing eloquent about what things would be, and he always spoke with uh, utter confidence. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. That is coming up next time. And don't forget to head over to mortificationofspin.org to read and comment on articles from Amy, Todd, and Carl, and to listen to How the Word Builds the Church. Did you see how they went after? I mean, they, they were talking on top of each other, just trying to, oh, and what about this, you big jerk? You know, I mean, that was the whole... We, we'd been planning this all week, and Amy had said, Rosaria's my ninja move. So, I've seen know, her standing like, behind Todd's pulpit. Todd's yeah. news feed on Facebook is Rosaria behind his pulpit with this mixed congregation in the sanctuary. You know. I was like, Todd! Uh-huh.